Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast, where entrepreneurs come to learn how to live their truth, get rich, and make a massive difference in the world. I'm your host, Adam Forrest, co-founder at Change Creator and co-creator of the Captivate Method. Each week, we talk to experts about leadership, digital marketing, and sales strategies that you can implement in your business and life to go big. Visit us at changecreator.com forward slash go big to grab awesome resources that will help drive your business forward. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Adam here. Welcome back to the show. If you missed the last episode, we had the one and only Bob Berry. Um, he is a user experience master working with some of the most uh, established companies around the world. Um, user experience is so important. This is how people interact with your business and your products and how to actually get the most out of it. This translates to sales. This is a call that you don't want to miss. So I would jump in there and check that out. Again, that is with Bob Berry. It's called Mastering User Experience to Grow Your Biz. Um, Today we have a legend on our hands. <laughs> so Bob, uh, not Bob Berry, who I just spoke about. No, we're talking about Gino Wickman. So he started as an entrepreneur at the age of 21. And I, I learned about Gino because I read his book, which is a best-selling book that most every entrepreneur, I think, should, should read. And it's called Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business. It's all about getting traction. So, you know, those early-stage entrepreneurs um, or anybody, honestly, there's just great perspective and ideas about getting that traction that we're all looking for. Now, Gino, he created what we call EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And this is a, a solution that helps companies get, uh, achieve greatness, right? So he's actually delivered this strategy, his methodology to over 1900, uh, through over 1900 full day sessions, right? To over 135 companies. And now um, he is the founder of EOS Worldwide, which is an organization that's helping thousands of businesses implement the same strategies. Um, and then he has a team of over 350 professionals uh, who are certified in that methodology. And there's almost, um, I guess, 100,000 companies using the tools, the EOS tools around the world. So he's devoted all his time and energy towards helping entrepreneurs make a big difference and jumpstart their businesses. And he created this book called Entrepreneurial Leap. This is his next big thing. And we're going to talk about what that's all about today and why it's important and um, really pick his brain on some of the strategies uh, based on all these years of experience and working with all these companies and implementing all these uh, this methodology that he has uh, called EOS. All right. Guys, let's dive into this conversation with Gino. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Gino, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How's everything going, man? It is going great. Happy to be with you, Adam. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy and... Uh, I, you know, I, I, I did, um, I'm one of the avid readers of that book, Traction, that you have, and I'm excited about your new book, uh, The Entrepreneurial Leap. I think this could be really um, a, a good one for our listeners to dig into. So uh, thanks for being here to talk about it and kind of sharing some of those insights and stuff like that. Um, if you could just share maybe a little bit of background, like just let people give that, give that bird's eye view of your background for those that don't know Traction and your EOS, like really in a nutshell, and then how you got to transition into this new book. Yeah, happy to. So the quick entrepreneurial journey is that I've been an entrepreneur since 21, took over a family business at 25, did a big turnaround, grew it, sold it, and then set off to pursue what I really discovered is my calling, and that's helping entrepreneurs. And so I created a system called EOS, I've written five books around it, Traction being the kind of epicenter of all the books that explains EOS. 
Yeah. Uh, those books have sold over a million copies. We have over 100,000 companies running on that system, using that system. And I built an organization uh, with my partner, Don Tinney, called EOS Worldwide that now has 375 EOS implementers all over the world helping companies with that system. Sold that business two years ago, still own 12.5%, still the EOS guy, <laughs> still own the book, still doing talks, still have clients, all that good stuff. But taking us to where we are and for this podcast, it was about 12 years ago when I was 40 years old and I said, when I turn 50, I'm going to shift my energy and I'm going to go to the front end of the entrepreneurial journey and I'm going to help entrepreneurs in the making get a huge jump on taking their entrepreneurial leap. And so after almost three decades of helping entrepreneurs, you know, I feel like I've dialed in the genetic code and, uh, and, and what this book is all about, Entrepreneurial Leap, is doing exactly that. What I'm actually doing is teaching and helping my 18-year-old self. And so there's an old saying that says, we teach what we needed the most. And I'm basically teaching my 18-year-old self because if I knew what I put in this book and what I'm teaching the world now when I was 18, I would have literally had an 11-year jumpstart because it was around age 29 that I really realized that I was an entrepreneur and then capitalized on that. So that's the fastest version of the story I can tell. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and I'm curious, just that last part, what, what made you realize that you were an entrepreneur when you're 29? What happened? It was a, an intersection of a whole bunch of data points. And so I had done the family turnaround. Um, I was getting a little bored with that because that was running and growing it. Uh, I was in a program called The Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. I was in an organization called YEO, now known as EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization. And, and it was all of those intersecting points being surrounded by entrepreneurs and I realized, you know, that there was a light bulb moment that just, you know, helped me see that I'm a wild and crazy entrepreneur. <laughs> and, and then I also really realized my calling, which is this gift that I have for helping entrepreneurs. And so I took an entrepreneurial leap. We sold the business. I then took an entrepreneurial leap uh, and built a business around what I really realized that I was here to do. Mm. You know, it's interesting because I, I noticed in you know the early part of your new book you talk about how you either are or you are not born with it and saying entrepreneurship is nature not nurture um, and I kind of want to just talk about that a little bit because I've had I've had mixed um, perspectives around that meaning some people say everyone's an entrepreneur and you're saying uh, something a little different so I, I would love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, for sure. And it's a great debate. So I really urge you to, you know, voice your strong opinions because yeah. we may not agree. And I think that's the best thing we can do for your audience is for them to hear the contrast. Of and, course. And I'm really excited about your audience because, you know, you and I were, were talking to, you know, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in the making. And so they'll totally get this and they'll form their own opinion. But, you know, very directly, very strongly. I believe a true entrepreneur has six essential traits. And we can talk about those if you want to get into that next, but, but I believe they have six essential traits. And this is 30 years of history working with thousands of entrepreneurs. And not only that, I believe <clears throat> you are born with them. I don't believe these traits can be taught. You can't teach a trait. You can teach skills, mm -hmm. but I believe you're born with them. And so it's truly nature over nurture. And so assuming all that is true, I want to, I'd love to hear your response to that, but I want to create a context for your audience because this will really help them see in their mind 
uh, exactly what we're talking about. Because if you picture an arc, I teach something called the entrepreneurial range. And what the entrepreneurial range is, is this is where all self-employed people reside. This is where all people that own their own business reside. And so if you picture the far right side of the range, picture the words true entrepreneur. And if you picture the far left side of the range, picture self-employed people. And so on the right side, true entrepreneurs, the far right side are the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. Henry Ford, Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, Sarah Blakely. On the far left side are all of the one person shows, people with a side hustle, consultants, uh, things like that. And so with that, every self-employed person, everyone with a business falls somewhere on that spectrum, on that range. And when I say true entrepreneur, the people with these six essential traits, I'm talking about the people on the right half of the range, the people that go out and build organizations with people. And and so, you know, everyone listening is somewhere on that range if they're all self-employed entrepreneurs. And then the last little point is that, you know, I really feel like I'm doing a service to the world because right now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Just like in the 70s, everyone wanted to be a rock star. And with all due love and respect, not everyone was cut out to be a rock star and not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. And listen, it's not all it's cracked up to be. True entrepreneurs are borderline crazy. It's <laughs> really freaking hard. And yeah. I mean, it's your ass kicked on a daily basis. And it's it's not, you know, all it's cracked up to be. So, <laughs> so, so there's my jumping off point for yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I mean, no, it, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And maybe for some people, it would start with defining exactly what we mean by entrepreneur, right? Because I think some people might have different definitions of that as well. Yeah, um, exactly. And, you know, you're talking about some of the greats and the largest organizations in the world, and then the self-employed person who is, you know, making a living on their own, but they're not building large teams at scale. So I like the idea of this range. Um and I think, you know, for me, I guess in my perspective, you know, I had a conversation with Muhammad Yunus. I don't know if you know who he is. He's like, I do not. Okay. So he's a Nobel Peace Prize winner uh, in the space of social entrepreneurship. And he started Grameen Bank and all this stuff. And I had a conversation with him and he believed that, you know, everybody's an entrepreneur. And I think it comes down to these definitions and how we're looking at it. Um, and when you talk about some of these essential traits, you know, being a risk taker, a problem solver, um, I start to wonder, well, how did somebody grow up? What did they learn? And it, does this become a um, a effect of human behavior and conditioning um, to make them the kind of person they are, right? So they're not skills, but they are um, subconscious behaviors, right? So can those things be changed if somebody actually wants to change it, right? Yeah, I love it. And so like, I'll give you another couple thoughts and it'll indirectly answer your question because, you know, I know a lot of your audience out there, you know, they consider themselves entrepreneurs, but they're one person shows. And the first point I want to make is that is absolutely admirable, respectable. You're still taking a risk. And and I just consider you to be a business owner. I consider you to be self-employed in that case. And so to, to hold that thought for a minute, um, I, I always use a just a really kind of raw example, and that is, you know, somebody with handy skills 
can become a handyman or a handywoman, charge 60 bucks an hour, make a hundred grand a year and go do what they love. And if they're good at it and they do a, a good job, they'll get referred and they will be busy for the next 25 years of their life making a hundred grand a year. And that is so admirable. And then you and I could give a thousand examples of a business one person could go into and do. And obviously yeah. um, your audience does a lot of that. The point I'm making is I just don't consider that to be a true entrepreneur. And you're right. It's definitional. This is just my definition. So yeah. don't get don't get pissed off at me. I'm talking to your audience. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but that's just my definition. The point I'm making now is someone with these six essential traits, they can't help themselves but to turn that into a business. It turned that into an organization, grow it and start bringing on people. And so that handyman that has the six essential traits is going to spend a year doing that work and then realize, holy cow, if I hire someone else, you know, I can elevate myself and someone else and someone else. And all of a sudden they've got a construction company. The person that cuts a lawn, cuts 20 lawns, 30 lawns, realizes, wow, if I hire somebody to cut those 30 lawns and go cut 30 more, they can't help themselves but to build an organization. And this is a cautionary tale because so many people I've talked to, you have people in your audience right now, they just need to remain a one person show and make their 100, 200, 300, 400 grand a year. And that is admirable. And there's actually, there's a piece that will come over them once they realize they probably don't have all of these traits. But for the ones that do, the idea is now that you know this after reading the first part of the book, which I call Confirm, now you clearly know what you are, and I'm going to show you a path in a way that's going to make your journey much more seamless. You'll avoid half the mistakes you're about to make. I can help you get there faster. And, and I, I'm just trying to save the person that goes out and tries to build an organization and they go through 10 years of hell and fail because they really didn't have what it takes to become a true entrepreneur and be on the far right side of that entrepreneurial range we talked about got it yeah i see where you're going with it and it is in that 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 realm of growing an organization having you know a hundred people uh on your team i guess and and or far more right <laughs> it's like, yeah exactly and then to that same point having a hundred employees is not all it's cracked up to be you know eos worldwide has over 400 people in that organization and it is daunting it's complex it requires you know a whole different set of skills and then it prompts another thought and that is, you know, just using me as an example, when I sold the family business, took my entrepreneurial leap, I was actually that one person show for the first five years. I was out there as a coach working with entrepreneurs. But again, I couldn't help myself but to turn it into an organization again that now has over 400 people in it. I, I, I just couldn't stop myself. And it was a pretty damn good, peaceful life those five years in the work I was doing. But I was just compelled to keep growing and growing and driving and driving. So anyway, for what yeah. that's worth. No, I, I mean, I think that all makes sense. And it sounds like, you know, for, for a lot of people, you have to really be honest with yourself and what you want, right? So, you know, some exactly. people, do you want to have 400 employees and all the complexities and everything that comes with it, right? Because there, there comes a different responsibility and different pressures and stresses and things like that. And if you have a team of one to five people, but you're making a million dollars a year, that's a very different dynamic as well. So I guess it comes down to what somebody really wants out of their life. Yeah, and that, you know, and so you just perfectly teed up part two of the book because 
once you finish with part one, there's an assessment you take, you ultimately get a score. That assessment is available on the website, free and downloadable, e-leap.com. But once you confirm that you have these six essential traits and you're a true entrepreneur, the next part of the book is called Glimpse. And then I spend the next third of the book showing that potential entrepreneur a glimpse of what is possible in the world for an entrepreneur and more importantly, what all of the options are. And so to your exact point, I created this tool called My Biz Match. And what I'm teaching in this part and leading to this tool is to help that entrepreneur out there listening to understand all of your options because there are so many more options to being an entrepreneur than just a billion dollar tech unicorn entrepreneur. I mean, that's one in a million and it's not for everyone. And so what I teach and talk about are all of the industries available out there. And then I talk about the types of companies because there's three factors when it comes to type of company. It's, are you a product service or a business service? Are are you a product business or a service business? Are you B2B or B2C? And are you high price, low volume, low price, high volume? When you start to weigh all of those factors, I believe every entrepreneur is drawn to something. And then the third thing you get into is size, just like what you're talking about there, because again, 10,000 employees is not for every entrepreneur. There is no shame in having a $3 million heating and cooling company throwing off a 20% profit with 40 people. In other words, that there that is respectable, admirable, and so there's no shame in that. And so with my biz match, you literally just click on a bunch of buttons, answer some questions, and out pops the perfect business for you. And so we're all <laughs> built. There are product people in this world, there are service people in this world, and they rarely meet. And so it's just trying to learn and understand what you're drawn to. That's going to greatly increase your odds of success and keep you doing something you're totally passionate about. I love that. Now that sounds pretty cool. And and I think it's such an important part of the process that a lot of people skip is, you know, simply becoming clear about what you want and what's going to make sense for you. Because, uh, you know, the way we've always looked at it too is if you write down your in your notes or you take a process like you're going through here and you see, well, here's what I want. Um, you may not know what that looks like or the person that you actually need to become to get there, right? So um, I always looked at it as a way to start getting clear on something. And if, if you have a book like this and you've been down this road, then like it's really hard for an entrepreneur to say, well, I do have that drive and vision and I want to have you know 400 employees also, but they don't know what that business looks like. And it's really hard to create something when you don't know what it looks like. Yeah, and it's exactly what I do and why I wrote that second part of the book is to create that glimpse because in my mind, you know, I, I picture this word entrepreneurship and that potential entrepreneur listening as this big block of marble. And 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 in there is the sculpture, in there is that person. So I always I, I describe it as helping them to see the light and then see their light. And so the light is understanding this whole context of being an entrepreneur. Their light is then seeing where they fit in that entrepreneurial world. And and so I'm quite proud of how powerful it is because by the end of Glimpse, you have this vivid picture of what the perfect business is for you, what the life looks like, both heaven and hell, how to avoid the eight mistakes that every entrepreneur makes when they take their leap. And then I also give countless stories of entrepreneurs who were right where you are and and what they did to grow to what they grew to. 
Uh, and then from there, we go to the third part of the book, which is path. And then I show a clear path for how to greatly increase your odds and eliminate half the mistakes. You still will make the other half. It's part of the journey and they're unavoidable. Mm, interesting. So let, let's touch a little bit on the three parts um, in a little more detail. So <clears throat> we did kind of cover off on the range concept and things like that. Let's just quickly, if you don't mind, touch on the some of the essential traits and, and why they're important. Yeah, you bet. And so at a very high level, I'll give you all six. Uh, it's visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And so those are the six, you know, in, in terms of why they're important, they're kind of self-explanatory, but I, I can do a really quick, you know, one or two minute riff that paints a vivid color of all six if you'd like me to, but at a high level, those are the six and they're all vital. And so I get asked, well, what if you don't have one or two? Well, here's the answer. If you don't have one or two, you're probably not a true entrepreneur and it's a great awareness, but they're all vital. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I like the responsible one because you see a lot of leaders today that blame everyone but themselves. So to see a leader who can blame no one and, you know, really look in the mirror and, and be that kind of a leader, I think is really important um, in the kind of leadership it takes to build these big companies, right? Yeah, here, here. And I'll do a little 30 second riff on that one because that's one of my favorites. So people are always shocked when they're hearing this list and I get through the first five and those all make sense. And all of a sudden they hear responsible and go, whoa, how is that on the list? It is so vital. And 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 so here's how I know that you're born with it. Here's how I know that it's nature over nurture. And that is you can put the entire world in one of two categories. There are people that take responsibility when something bad happens, and there are people that blame everyone else when something happens. They take no responsibility. Yeah. And the reality of it is you will have a household with four kids, four siblings in the same household. And as you're listening out there, you're putting all the people in your life in these two categories because it's so obvious. But if you think about a family with four siblings, you literally will put those four siblings in one of two play one of those two buckets because how on earth is it possible that those four kids, because you out there listening, think of your brothers and your sisters, it's very obvious. How could they grow up in the same household by the same parents, same raising, same teaching, same everything, and yet half of them end up taking responsibility, half don't. You're born with it. It's nature over nurture. And responsible means this. It means that you blame no one. It means that when something goes wrong, you default to looking in the mirror. You don't look at who to point to. You take total responsibility for the outcome. You don't believe in entitlement. And, and I had a friend that said it so well in a sentence, and he said, somebody who's truly responsible, when their building gets hit by a meteor, they believe it's their fault. <laughs> in other words, you chose the building. You built the building. You chose to be there. And so that's the essence of responsible. And I would also say, you know, both are a psychological disorder. There are people that take too much responsibility. People don't take enough. Both are psychological disorders. I'm not saying it's healthy for those of us that take responsibility for everything because we carry such a burden. All I'm saying is it is a trait of a true entrepreneur. And if you don't have it, you're just not going to be a successful entrepreneur. 
Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's one of my favorites on the list there too. Um, and I think let's just jump over to Glimpse. You talked about some of the critical mistakes. I think people listening would like to hear, you know, what are some of these critical mistakes that you've come across um, working with a lot of different clients and all the different experiences that you've had that really stand out here that might be interesting you, to talk about. Yeah, I would love to. And so contextually, the point here as I go into these eight is. I, I paint a vivid picture for that potential entrepreneur of what a day in the life of an entrepreneur looks like. And so you shoot out 10 years from now and picture one of these two scenarios. And so I paint both the dream and the nightmare. And the point in that is I'm showing them how to live the dream. I'm also showing them how they create their own nightmare. And there are eight mistakes that almost every entrepreneur makes when they take their entrepreneurial leap that put them in the nightmare. And so I'm going to Go through each of them very quickly, and I would love it. You know you know your audience better than I do. If you'll just kind of pick the top two to you that you think they would like, we can drill down on that. But here are the eight very quickly. Mm -hmm. Number one, not having a vision. Number two, hiring the wrong people. Number three, not spending time with your people. Number four, not knowing who your customer is. Number five, not charging enough. Number six, not staying true to your core. Number seven, not knowing your numbers. And number eight, not crystallizing roles and responsibilities. Yeah, it's a great list. Um, there's two that I can pull out for our listeners. And I think the two would be, um, actually there's three, but I'm going to call out two. So let's do not knowing who your customer is and not knowing your numbers. I think those are two major mistakes that, whether they realize it or not, those are the mistakes <laughs> that are happening. Here, here. And so the classic mistake here is, and, and for what this is worth, you know, in everything that I write, there's not one ounce of theory. This comes from the real world. This comes from my three decades. And so this is based on the hundreds, if not thousands of clients that have come to me and us. And these are the issues they're facing with us when they're at 10 to 250 employees. And these are the mistakes they made. And we're basically fixing all of those mistakes. And so not knowing who your customer is, the issue there is, is you're taking this buckshot approach to the world. You know, you're selling your wares, you're selling your service, you're selling your product, and you're just kind of selling it to everyone. And, and it's diluted and it's murky. And so the idea, the way that you solve it is you take a big step back and you get clear on the demographic, geographic, and psychographic of your ideal customer. Who are they, where are they, what are they, what are they? And to the degree you can get abundantly clear, that's gonna really focus your marketing energy resources, dollars to greatly increase your sales because now you know who your ideal customer is, you're speaking their language, you're using their colors, you're using their verbiage, and you're attracting more customers. And so typically when that entrepreneur takes that leap, again, they're just casting this wide net and, and selling very little. Yeah, yeah. Love to hear it and keep reinforcing that for everybody. <laughs> yeah, and then going to not knowing your numbers, um, that the, the downside of having the six essential traits almost always is true entrepreneurs, wild and crazy visionary entrepreneurs typically are not good with the numbers. I mean, I can still barely read a P&L, quite frankly, <laughs> but, they're, they're, but they're just not great with numbers. And, and so with that, they're unfortunately flying blind. They're always going with their gut. It's chaotic and they're not maximizing the profits. They're not maximizing the growth. And so three simple solutions here. Implement 
a weekly system where you're looking at the five to 15 most important weekly activity-based numbers. Number two, implement a monthly P&L, look at a monthly P&L, and number three, manage a monthly budget. Even if you don't know what the heck those three things are and you just do them, by default, you will be forced to learn it. In the next two months, you'll become an expert. So implement those weekly numbers, look at a monthly P&L, manage a monthly budget, and you'll be an expert within two months, if not a year. Yeah, it's so important, and it's a hard lesson that we've learned because I'm I'm not somebody that I mean I like the numbers, but I'm not one that's pulling it together and organized around it. I get like I just want to keep doing other things in the business and and growing and stuff. And you know I I've learned the hard way that what you don't measure doesn't grow. <laughs> so exactly. you know keeping an eye on those things and the most important things is going to be key to growth. Otherwise, you're just kind of like you know floundering a bit. Here, here. And, I, and I, you know, one last little point on, so I call it a scorecard, five to 15 numbers. I learned it from my business mentor when I was 25 years old. He taught me the concept of scorecarding, ran my first business on 14 weekly numbers, ran my second business on 14 weekly numbers. And what it does for you is it literally helps you predict the future because you, what you do is you're looking at those weekly numbers. You want to look at 13 weeks at a glance. So you're able to see patterns and trends and you can literally predict outcomes three months from now if you'll work from a weekly scorecard. So I urge each and every one of your listeners listeners to implement that this week. Yeah, absolutely. Really good advice. I love that. And why don't we wrap up on one last part here in the path because I think this is – uh, important for people. I mean, everybody in our audience is acting based on their passion. They want to do something meaningful. Um, so what I want to touch on here is you talk about the importance of having a mentor. You know, we have our program, the Captivate Method, where we put storytelling at the heart of their marketing. It's very authentic. We get consistent sales. And so this is like a group coaching experience. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like people will say, you know, I'm not ready for this or that. And they have this fear that holds them back, right? Or perfectionism and things like that. So I would love to hear your thoughts on why it's so important to have a mentor. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll share a couple of things there. First is uh, I'm going to talk through the pure mentor relationship and the process for finding one. And then I'll, I'll go to the second point. But the idea here is for you to find someone out there who is where you want to be. And, and rule of thumb, you're gonna need five to 10 names because you're gonna hear a lot of no's, but you reach out to those people and meet with them for an hour, ask them what you're looking for. They share their stories and their insights. You share your story. And at the end of that, if it feels right, you decide to move forward and you agree on a structure. And so I met with my business mentor every month, hour and a half for literally five years. And he taught me so much. And so that's the mentoring relationship. And about 60% of all of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with, my research, the ones I've talked to, have had a mentor. And so the point here is if you don't have a mentor, it's not a death sentence, you're gonna be fine, but having a mentor is like a speed pass. You really can jump ahead with a mentor. Yeah. Second point, however, is the world is different now. You know, when I was 25, almost 30 years ago, and was I was with my business mentor, mentoring the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years was a one-on-one -on -one relationship. And, and, and it, there was no money exchanging hands. Well, the world has changed today with coaching and masterminds and these organizations. You know, there's a lot of paid mentoring going on. You know, frankly, I'm a paid mentor for my clients. Yeah. And so, so it's a little different now 
The reality of it is you can still very much find a free mentor, and I would urge you to do that, but but through the incredible amount of education and wisdom and how easy it is to access and, and the, the kind of things that you offer entrepreneurs, um, you know, I've had my paid mentor has been Dan Sullivan for 23 years. I've been flying to Chicago every 90 days. <laughs> I, I pay a lot of money to be around that man because I learned so much. So I've had free mentors, paid mentors. You just ultimately have to do Find someone who's where you want to be and attach yourself to them some way, shape, or form. Love it. All right, Gino, I really appreciate your time today. We're, we're going to close out here. Let's make sure people know where, where do they reach you, learn more, find the book, uh, maybe your website, wherever you want to point them here. You bet. So the epicenter for all things Entrepreneurial Leap and everything we've been talking about is e-leap.com. The book is available. Entrepreneurial Leap is the book. It's available through all major retailers, but you can get to it through the website, again, e-leap.com. And then you're also gonna find a ton of free resources. There are nine free tools, all intended to help you confirm that you're an entrepreneur in the making and take a much better successful leap. Love it. Thank you so much for your time today, Gino. My pleasure, Adam, had a blast. Thanks for tuning into the Change Creator Podcast. Visit us at changecreator.com forward slash go big to get access to free downloads and other great resources that will drive your business forward.